All right, we are here with uh, Shirley Doherty, and this is our first interview with our uh, conversations with Rev Randall or whatever we want to call that. But my desire is just for people at TCPC to get to know each other. And uh, this is the first of these because I really wanted to begin with Mrs. Doherty uh, because she really legitimately has been around TCPC longer than any of the rest of us because she was She's there at the beginning. She's actually been around longer. <laughs> no, well, I didn't say it that way. <laughs> she was at the beginning of TCPC. Uh, Shirley, Take us back to the beginning before TCPC. When did you come to Christ? Did you grow up in the church, your mom and dad? What was that? Your... I have to thank my parents because they were so faithful to the Lord. Mm. It, Christianity has just always seemed the most reasonable mm. truth. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't say that I have had any period in which I didn't know about Christianity. I think we all grow in different phases in our lives. I grew up in the Methodist Church. In Glasgow? In Glasgow. Well, we actually moved around because it was during the Second World War, and my father worked in different um, places, Evansville, Indiana, and in a um, factory that built airplanes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that is but, Glasgow, Kentucky, not Scotland. Just for the record. Glasgow, Kentucky, right. You're and that was Evansville, Indiana. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but basically, I grew up in Glasgow. Okay. In a Methodist church. In the Methodist church. When I went to the university, well, actually, it was a college, Western Kentucky State College, I started going to the Episcopal church. Hmm. I love the dignity and things that seemed important to me at the time. Joe was at West Point. And did you know him at that point? I did. We met in high school. So you dated in high school? Well, kind of. Kind of, sort of. <laughs> he was three and a half years older than me, so I really wasn't dating very much. I see. What year <laughs> at the time he been? was in high school. We married in 56. I graduated from high school in 52. Okay. But because of his um, exposure to the cadet chapel, maybe that was... Anglican Episcopalian right. background. That's where we went to church as a family until we started going to Tate's Creek. Wow. And probably Dr. Francis Schaefer was oh, sure. the biggest influence of the PCA church. But when we moved to Lexington, we were part of Christ Church. We were very active there. Joe was one of the three lay people on the Bishop's Standing Committee in half of Kentucky, so we were very active. So active that he was busy on the Sunday morning that Tate's Creek started. So although Dan and Lenore and Amy and Jeannie went that first morning, Joe and I went that evening. Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> so you weren't at the very, very first meeting. You were at the... You were there on the first day. You went in the evening, not in the morning. That's right. Oh, that's funny. I never knew that. And detail. from then on. That's right. <laughs> um, but we had, we had felt that the Lord was calling us to the PCA church, and so we had been praying and knowing that, praying for that, and knowing that if one came to Lexington, that we would be called there. Okay. So and that's one before Saturday, there was a PCA. That was before there was one. One Saturday morning, Joe 
opened the paper in Jan it was in January the 5th, I think, <laughs> opened the paper, and there in about a quarter of the page was a big picture of Al Lutz and Bill <laughs> Greer. And Joe said, hey, everybody, come look. <laughs> so that so, was like 1985? It was 84, because that's the day my first grandson was born. <laughs> Same day. All right. Okay. Right, January 1984. Okay. Right. Wow. Uh, so take you back to when you were uh, a hilltopper and Joe was at uh, West Point. You continued your relationship. He graduated. And then was he active duty right out of West Point? He was active duty right out of West Point, but I decided right after I got out of high school that I would start that summer with summer school and take an overload and try to graduate in three years okay. so I could go to New York the last year that he was at West Point. So we, I did get to participate in his senior year there in different activities and get to know a lot of his friends. Okay. I worked for Central Hudson Gas and Electric Company in Poughkeepsie, New York that year. Wow. So you went from Western Kentucky, small town girl, to New York, and then were you all married right after that, soon after that? Two weeks after. We had to stop okay. by and attend some other weddings before. <laughs> before you had your <laughs> On own. our way home. Okay. <laughs> we were married on June the 16th, and he graduated the end of May. And what year would that have been? 1956. 56, okay. He's the class of 56. So then he was active duty after that? He was in the Air Force. If you ranked a certain at a certain level, you got to choose what, well, I guess everybody, starting with the highest ranking, got to choose where they wanted to serve, and okay. he chose Air Force. He had always had a That's what real he always wanted. interest in flying. So uh, tell us kind of your journey before you got to Lexington, or what brought, what brought you to Lexington? I know that was with him and the ROTC, but what was kind of in between those years? Joe taught at the Air Force Academy, taught English. Uh, he spent time in Vietnam. He was a command briefer for USAFE, which is the Air Force in Europe. He was at the Pentagon in our last assignment. We have four children, and Amy is physically handicapped, and so when it was getting time for her to go to college, we had to really think about what, how that would be possible. And one day, Joe was looking in something and found that the University of Kentucky was going to be needing head of the department okay. in ROTC, Air Force ROTC. So he applied for that and got it. We're from Kentucky. The University of Kentucky at that point ranked first in the nation for having made their campus handicap accessible. Oh, that was really? the other really important point. I didn't know that. So, okay. So what year would that have been? 1978. Okay. 57. Well, all right, it was in the 70s. So during, uh, his, during Joe's time in Vietnam, I know this just because you've told me stories over the years, uh, Joe was shot down. Right. Uh, over North Vietnam, correct? Or was no, it in the south? No, in the iron, but an equally dangerous place in what was called the Iron Triangle, which the Viet Cong had. Okay. So it, he, so was, it was a, he was actually south of the 
DNC. But it was not in a uh, friendly area. It was not in a friendly right. area. Where were you living at that time? Well, if I can backtrack just a little bit, Joe had a four-year assignment at the Air Force Academy. Okay. After two years, he decided that a lot of the cadets that he had been working with uh, were serving in Vietnam and that he should, too. So he volunteered to go to Vietnam. Wow. One Sunday, we were having lunch after church at the officers club and people we barely knew but were kind of close neighbors asked if they could sit with us and when they found out that Joe was getting ready to go to Vietnam the gentleman who happened to be a psychologist <laughs> said what are your plans Shirley and I wasn't sure at the time because mm -hmm. we could we couldn't stay on base, but we could have stayed in Colorado Springs, mm -hmm. and he was due to come back there and serve the next two years. He said, "I want to make a suggestion." Joe volunteered, so you can't blame the Air Force if something happens. Mm -hmm. Your children will be dependent on you wherever you go, so you need to make the decision to go where you're loved, really loved and where you have support. You'll have support here, but you, do you have family here? So we decided to go to Glasgow. So you went back home. Which made for a wonderful year. Wow. Our children, being military kids, had not had as much time with their grandparents as they would have mm. liked to. They had four living grandparents. All right Lots there. of aunts and uncles on both sides. Okay. It was a wonderful year. Having, I mean, from support, <laughs> reasons of support, it was a very difficult year in other ways. Amy had seven major surgeries at Vanderbilt that year. With Joe being abroad? And yes, he did come home for a short visit with one of them. Okay. Um, but the day he was shot down, I got a phone call that morning from the local paper saying, Shirley, because you know everybody in a small right, town. Right. Shirley, do you happen to have a picture, a recent one of Joe? He just participated in a rescue. And I said, excuse me, but my husband is not in the rescue business. And they said, oh, my, he was just rescued. <laughs> oh, and you hadn't heard. I hadn't heard. <laughs> so that's how you found out a, his plane was shot down. And a few hours maybe not hours, I don't really remember, maybe an hour or so later, I got a call, and that's back before communication was what it is now. So they, someone called me and said, we have your husband online. We will let him say hello, and then he's going to say over, and then we'll let you talk. So this is the way we talked. Wow. So the first thing I said was, are you okay? <laughs> and then he told me what had happened. He and two other men had been spraying. They worked with Ranch Hand, which is spraying Agent Orange. Sure. And they had been very low. They didn't even wear parachutes because they flew so low. Mm -hmm. The parachutes would have just been an extra burden. Right. Um, they took fire, and their plane was very much destroyed, but glided down and landed on top of trees in the Iron Triangle. And they could look out the window and see gas flowing out. So he, Joe has written on this story about it 
but it was just miraculous that they didn't burn sure. or they didn't crash. So they were able to get out. Everyone was banged up a bit and got purple hearts, but everybody survived. survived. They were rescued by um, what's called a forward air controller, hovered over them until they could bring helicopters in and put penetrators down in the jungle because they were in a jungle. They were not on a clear field. Right. A few weeks after that, some of his classmates from West Point who were in the Army went in to dismantle the airplane and found that it had landed on top of a munitions factory, a VC, Viet Cong munitions factory, with a hospital nearby, underground, all this in underground. And that's why they didn't get attacked because they, the VC didn't want them to know they were there. Wow. So I ran to the school <laughs> and talked to each of the children, called Joe's parents and my parents and told them. Wow. The first thing I said was, your daddy's okay or Joe's okay, right. but he was shot down today. So... And so miraculously you found out that he was okay and that he was shot down on the same day. And I found him out in a good order. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Surely, obviously, that would be one time. But what would you say now, just how has the Lord preserved your faith? How has he, um, how has he kept you faithful to himself through, through a lot of challenges, uh, from a military family to... A lot of different things. I would say that there's never been a point in which I didn't believe, mm. but there surely have been points when I was closer. And that's true today. I mean, there's some days I really feel God's presence, maybe through an event mm. or just because I'm studying and I'm close, maybe in a church service. You know, I feel closer at times than others, but there's never been a time when anything mm. else made sense. <laughs> so and faith I, has always been and in the challenging it. times is when I need him the most uh, it's interesting I think that very often when I have to make a, a decision the question comes to mind in light of all eternity what does mm. what is what matters the most is it that I win the argument mm. <laughs> that I get my way on something or is it that Christ is honored Mm. And is sometimes you can't see that. Sure. But at least that would be my hope. <laughs> sure. Amen. Uh, another question I had, just I was thinking about you in particular, that I've come by this house several times over the years, many times over the years. Uh, I've never been here when you didn't have... Uh, either hammered biscuits or sometimes we've had a bottle of wine or <laughs> plenty of iced tea. You have a gifting of hospitality. Well, something very funny. There's a tray sitting on the kitchen cabinet, and we just started without getting It's too heavy for me to lift. Uh, we'll, we'll make <laughs> well, our go way get over there. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you, Mom. Where did that come from? Was your mother, did she have those gifts and skills, or is it something you just learned over the years? Or I think our whole family, enjoyed? our whole family, Joe's side of the family, my side of family, love celebrating. We're getting ready to do that this week. You <laughs> with love a wedding. celebrating? Yes. Period. Right. 
I like food too. <laughs> I like to cook. Uh, so you all gather together frequently because you enjoy being together and it's celebratory. I think so, yes, but that's always been true. I had my mother's mother was a farm lady. I don't even know how what grade she finished in school. She was very bright. She had nine children. Wow. And it wasn't a great farm. <laughs> <laughs> But she was a very unique person, and we see this now as we look back, but she would raise chickens and sell eggs and take the, the money and buy McCall's magazine mm. or other things and just keep things very exciting for holidays. I can remember a Chris, cookie Christmas tree she made, you know, with Pinterest now, everybody mm. knows how to do these things, but my grandmother was doing them long before long anyone knew. So maybe, maybe that's it, but it's, so I like from people. From all of your memories, you enjoy. Um, I like people, and I think, I think um, to host or be a hostess is a real joy. Mm. So you host in a dinner party. It's kind of what you do but it doesn't feel like it's hard. Like, no, but I, I work I, very hard well, before. Well, I was just gonna say, it's like I've heard that easy <laughs> reading required really hard writing. Right. Uh, and it's the same sort of thing, but it's like to be invited to a, a dinner party that you're hosting or something like that, it's like the kingdom of God at, at its finest where people are together and you host believers and non-believers still. Oh, yes. Uh, and that's a common thing. And it, it, We're all made in the image of God. Right. So if we're a believer or a non-believer, I mean, I, I, I really enjoy both. But, of course, we have a lot more in common if we both yeah. know Christ. Yeah. We had a, a friend we met at a wedding five, five years ago, just visited us this week. She was at a wedding of a Tate's Creek um, young lady who had just graduated medical school, so we were sure this beautiful Muslim lady dressed in the whole bit was a classmate, so it introduced ourselves to her, and we found out she didn't know the bride, and she didn't know the groom. <laughs> She had asked one of the musicians that she had met across the hall from her. The day, she had just gotten here from Pakistan two days before that. She had asked what, what she was, what she did, and she said, "Well, I do uh, gigs for weddings, and I've got one in two days." And so Maria said, "Do you think I could go?" <laughs> and there so she was. There she was at the wedding. So I said. If you have, e do you have equal interest in American churches and American weddings? So would you like to go to church tomorrow? So she came to Tate's Creek with us the next day. She had never seen a play, so we went out to the Woodford Playhouse, and we did jazz in the park and a number of other things. But she's remained a friend. She and was here during Ramadan once, so we had to wait till 9 o'clock at night to eat. <laughs> and she said, I need to pray before we eat. Is it okay if I pray in your house? And I said, yes, but how in the world are you going to know where Mecca is from my house? And she said, I have an app. <laughs> <laughs> Shirley, who would be some of your top uh, folks who have influenced you in your life? If I hadn't just written a story on that last week, I might leave somebody out. All right, but since it's fresh on your mind. <laughs> well, I have a lot of childhood memories. I won't go into those okay. right now because you're talking about spiritual things. 
Um, we were in Washington, D.C. during the Nixon era, and we happened to know the, uh, a, the congressman from Dallas, okay. who was Graham Purcell, who was a wonderful believer. And Graham was a part of the fellowship that led Chuck Colson to a belief in the Lord. Oh, wow. Uh, Graham told Chuck that he had some friends, Shirley and Joe, who weren't convinced that the hatchet man had changed that much. Right, sure. And uh, so Chuck sent us born again with an inscription in it. I had no idea at that time, even though I, we were very excited about his coming to know the Lord, I didn't know that I'd be volunteering in the federal prison for 30 years and working with him. Wow. So we had a lot of opportunity to go to Washington for prison fellowship conferences and heard him speak to um, all kinds of groups, which was really fascinating because he had he just reached out to the heart of the people he was speaking with, whether it was businessmen or prisoners sure. <laughs> or seminarians. Had an opportunity to get to know Richard John Newhouse. Joe and I had lunch with him at Asbury a couple of times, and then he was at Covenant Seminary when we were on the advisory council for the Francis Schaeffer Institute. Okay. And and um, we were in Washington a couple of times with him. But um, I think First Things really speaks to the ordering of society, and, mm. and that's a great interest from a Christian worldview. Mm. So I've, I've read First Things since it started. He started, I think it's 1990. Dr. Francis Schaefer changed my life in many ways, and Edith Schaefer, too. Um, we went to a lot of conferences, and Joe and I have to organize two conferences, international ones here at Asbury Seminary in 1993 and 96. I think his trilogy had probably influenced my life as much as anything, but True Spirituality it would mm. be the book I most relate to. That's incredible. But Edith yeah. Schaefer, too, because at the time I... Got to know, we got to know her. I got to know her and spent time with her. Dr. Schaefer I met once in a high school in Rochester, Minnesota, when we were at a conference. The two of us just happened to be the mm -hmm. only ones in the hall. He stopped me to talk, and I was so awestruck. <laughs> I have no idea what, what was said. Um, so those would be, and one thing that, I've always been grateful for him, is that I guess if I were picking the absolute perfect pastor in every way, mm -hmm. I do have one I kind of idolize. Other than Mark Randall. Other than Mark Randall okay. and Robert Cunningham <laughs> and Al Lutz <laughs> and Petros. <laughs> But John Sartell oh, <laughs> just taught us a lot about worship, about <laughs> joy. Um, we have 15 grandchildren and have had several weddings here in town on Saturday. And so on Sundays, we've given big parties. When John Sartell found out that we were giving a big party, he said, I better not see you in church tomorrow. <laughs> so I think he had a unique uh. way of being... 
of holding to the scriptures while making it very exciting and never stifling. <laughs> uh, he was and is one of a kind. He in, is. In a special, unique, and blessed by the Lord sort of way. I have a, a real preference for really reverend services. Uh, <laughs> and well, so then you I and John got picture, along really well. I could just picture him in that immaculate <laughs> robe and that voice that sounds a bit like I'd think God might say. <laughs> oh, the hair. He had it all. Yeah, the statue. Uh, statue. I, I remember being at dinner parties here with him and with Janet. And yeah, uh, that's great. Without trying, he commanded attention. I mean, he may have tried, but it didn't look like it. Uh, but it's ironic he would say, and I, I don't want to put words into his mouth, but I've heard him say this. I think Francis Schaeffer was probably the most uh, significant figure in his life as well. Like after he graduated seminary, he told me he spent all summer listening to every single thing that Schaeffer had recorded at that point. Well, and he became kind of the perfect blend of uh, the Westminster theological folks and then the Heidelberg theological folks where it was thought and life that go together. That's a wonderful way to and put it, it on. that was Schaefer, and that is John Sartell. Well, I used to say, I don't go to the Labrie conferences to ask questions. I would never ask a question there. I go to see what my questions ought to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Well, Shirley, as you look around the landscape of our world today, uh, there are plenty of things that divide us and cause us to be frustrated. But are there... Uh, a couple things out there that, that you find encouraging, where you see uh, the Lord's kingdom growing, where your heart, your heart is encouraged. Well, certainly knowing that the Lord's in charge is the biggest encouragement. And I think there are a lot of impressive people that are writing and talking today. Um, Bob Woodson, he's a pastor. I would just, I haven't heard him say anything that I haven't cheered <laughs> on. I'm a big fan of Shelby Stills and Thomas Sowell mm -hmm. and Victor Davis Hanson. Um, I've, kn I've known about Victor Davis Hanson for quite a while because he's a military historian that Joe has every book he had written while Joe was with us. Um, but I think he has great ideas and so um, there's a lot happening that's not pleasing, but I think there are people who really mm. have great ideas, and I'm just hoping that um, with the pandemic hopefully almost over, that things will change for the better. Well, since you mentioned the pandemic, um, your son's been one of the uh, foremost leaders fighting against COVID this year. Um, What's that been like for you as the mother? There has to be a little bit of pride and there has to be a little bit of concern at the same time. Well, I feel like I'm on having uh, an end to the front line. <laughs> you <laughs> have some it, is, inside it's information. It's been interesting. Right. <laughs> uh -huh. Mark is an infectious disease physician and certainly he's the epidemiologist too for a major hospital. So we have known kind of what to believe and what not to believe, uh, which isn't true of everyone because there's been lots of stories out sure. there. Um, 
I think I've been so very proud of the Lexington area and our and our state dealing with this pandemic. Mm. I think we've done a really good job. Mm. Um, good. But yes, I'm proud of him. He works really hard. I'm, I'm sure. concerned too, and I do a lot of praying. <laughs> it's perfect. All right, last question I have. I think about uh, when you uh, left to go to Western Kentucky College. Joe was at West Point. If you're speaking to a freshman in college student now, either on their way or just finished their freshman year, uh, what's a word of advice to him or to her? I have a grandson who's in his second, just finished his second year at UT. Excellent so we've had a lot of there. <laughs> you'd like that. We've had a lot of interaction. I would try to encourage them certainly to be joyful, mm. to meet people and get to know people, know friends. Um, studying is vital if you're going to go to the university. You're not there just to party for certain. Find your niche. Mm. Know that the Lord is watching over you, mm. your every action now that mom and daddy aren't. <laughs> if you're sad and lonely, there's always someone more so. So I just think mm. being kind to everyone, speaking to everyone is really important not to get so tied up in yourself and not to get so frustrated with studies. Well, Shirley, thank you so much uh, for letting uh, us come today. Uh, this has been a joy. Uh, I knew some of these stories, but I didn't know all these stories. So thank you for uh, opening your home and opening your life and uh, grateful for this time. One thing I didn't One say. One more thing. Oh. No, go ahead. No, not for this. When I started, because I've just written about that, but when I started telling you about meeting Chuck Colson through Graham Purcell, Graham Purcell was the congressman who spent the last evening with Kennedy and shared his faith with him. The night before he died? You know, See, you should have read my story before you It's came. in my inbox. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get the tea? <laughs>